Well, good evening. Uh, we are Steve and Amy Bradley, and we have been married for almost 24 years, coming up this August. And we have a few photos of our wedding and possibly our family. Let's see if we have that. Yep, had hair. And then you can see how quickly I lost the hair. There's five of them, five of our kid, kiddos. And that picture actually was in 2017, which is about here in Watermark. That was a really tough year, but... Neither one of us wanted to get in the photo. Yeah. So before we start, let us pray for this time together. Now, dear Lord, we just thank you. This is your story. It's not about me. It's not about Amy. It's about you. It's about your love and your grace and your mercy. And I just pray that this time is a time that you can use us to reach others. And we just thank you for the re-engage uh, staff, um, everyone who uh, prays and just makes time to um, reach out to others. And we love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So both Amy and I were born and raised in Texas. We both re received full athletic scholarships to one of the country's top college programs. We played all four years, racking up several championships and awards along the way. And then we married just out of college and began our family. We have five beautiful kids, and we've held several job positions of leadership, and we've served others by leading Bible studies and youth programs. So for many years, this was how we would introduce ourselves by sharing the highlights of our career and our family. We would never share our struggles. However, we thought tonight we would stick to the athletic theme and share a different kind of highlight reel. So, here are my not-so-top 10 moments in marriage. Number 10, I changed jobs within weeks of the birth of our first three children. I will let my wife know I was changing jobs either the week before or the week after each child's birth. Number nine, I never had a financial plan, which resulted in chaos and uncertainty for our family. Number eight, we have moved 13 times during our 23 years of marriage, most of our moves were due to job change and a no financial plan. Number seven, I regularly spent money without telling Amy, hiding financial items from her for the majority of our marriage. Number six, not dating my wife after we started having kids. I was not intentional about demonstrating love or pursuing my wife. Number five, we were not involved in a church community. I looked at church as something that you only did on Sunday morning. Number four, I placed a higher value on being a father to my children than I did in being a loving husband toward my wife. Number three, not praying with my wife or kids. I kept my spiritual life to myself and did not lead my family well. Number two, a long pornography addiction, which I confessed only after 20 years of marriage. And number one, I lived a surface-level Christian life. I knew I was saved for eternity, but I did not trust God daily. I just thought if I continued to be a nice guy and act like everything was good, then I would go to heaven. And that's my not-so-top-ten list. So, not surprising to those of you that know us well, I will not be reciting a top-ten list of how I hurt Steve. Uh, humility and patience are among the many gifts that God gave Steve, and well, 
I have a lot of other gifts. <laughs> and my list of how I hurt my husband will have only one item. And I would love to say that my list is shorter because I've been a much better wife to Steve than he has been a husband to me, but that would be completely untrue. I have also profoundly hurt my husband. However, my list of how I have hurt Steve would probably all fit in just one category, control. I genuinely believed that I could change Steve. My actions uh, featured this belief by how I raced ahead of him in every area of life. I exhausted every avenue to show Steve how to do things. I thought I was helping, but really, I was just boxing him out from growing. The root of my drive to succeed during this time was a self-reliance instead of a God-reliance. Many of my habits, unfortunately, look like accomplishments in the world's eyes. I excelled at being the primary breadwinner in our home. As my career accomplishments grew, so did my bitterness. From the outside looking in, Steve and I made sure everyone saw that he was playing the part of a husband supporting his wife's career. Both of us excelled in showing others only our success in hiding our hurt. As we led in many areas of our lives, I knew my heart's story was much different. My choice to pursue control at all costs was sowing seeds of disrespect towards my husband. Unmet expectations of my husband, especially in the area of provision, spiraled into a deep-seated resentment in my heart. And this was a dangerous place for me to be for a lot of reasons. My eyes were so focused on the scoreboard that I could not see my part at all in our marriage mess. In the spring of 2016, we moved to Dallas for a new job. My actions would begin to execute a plan to end my marriage. I falsely thought that this would all happen within my control and with the least amount of pain possible for my children. Within a few weeks of our oldest daughter graduating from high school in the spring of 2017, I chose to leave Steve. This was not a hasty decision. My heart had not been in our marriage for over a decade. Still, I was not prepared for the flood of emotions as I began to act on my hard-hearted feelings toward my husband. Thankfully, my path crossed with many believers in Dallas who encouraged me to attend, re-engage, and fight for my marriage. Sorry, a lot of them are here tonight. Steve and I showed up in this room in the summer of 2017 with little hope for our marriage. My heart was resigned to the fact that I would eventually file for divorce. My primary concern was not fixing my marriage. It was how to control what other people thought about me. I was terrified to let others know how broken our marriage was. I was more concerned with showing others how deeply Steve had hurt me than I was with pursuing God's design for marriage. Shortly after we started attending Reengage, I received a call saying that our first closed group would be, our first meeting would be on August 2nd, 2017. When that poor assistant <laughs> called me about our closed group, I was not very kind. I complained about how bad my marriage was, and then I said, I am not spending my 20th anniversary at a Reengage meeting. Is it possible to start the following week? She kindly said, Mrs. Bradley, you just finished telling me all the reasons why you won't be celebrating your anniversary. <laughs> so I think you should consider coming. 
She was so calm that it completely threw me off. When we showed up here in our 20th anniversary, separated, broken, and hopeless, my consolation prize was that I won on our marriage scoreboard. In fact, in my mind, it was a blowout. Steve had no chance to convince me or anyone else that our marriage issues were anyone's fault but his. However, attending a closed group re-engage meeting on your 20th anniversary was definitely not better than the beach vacation that I had planned once upon a time. Yes, yeah, so sitting in a re-engage meeting on our 20th wedding anniversary was very humiliating. It was a rock bottom moment, and it was just the beginning of our journey toward healing. It didn't help that I stated in front of the group that first night that I loved my wife because she was capable. During this time, my comment and actions only reinforced Amy's belief that she was only valued for what she did and not cherished by me. Equally difficult for Amy during this time was that I did not take the process seriously. In fact, I gave a complete account of my collegiate football career for my life map instead of sharing anything about my marriage struggles. As you can imagine, this quickly landed us in a meeting with our re-engaged leaders. <laughs> yep. And they're, they're here. They know. Um, where am I? Uh, to discuss if I was committed to healing our marriage. At the time, I was just going through the motions, and it showed. I'll be forever grateful to our leaders for telling me the truth about how my passivity was destroying our marriage. They consistently pointed me to God's word, even in the middle of all my excuses. Although re-engage encouraged us to have difficult conversations, it was just the beginning of an intense battle to restore our marriage. I chose to attend Regeneration, a recovery ministry, after we finished re-engage. Over the next several months, I learned more about my own sinful nature, which is pride and comfort. These two sins are intertwined in every fabric of my being. I have to make a choice daily to die to the sin in me and run to God, his truth, his love, and his mercy. The more time I spent reading and studying God's word, the more I relied on him. I realized I needed to work on myself and discover the root cause of my actions and responses to my wife. I recognized that my choices were destructive to me, my wife, and others. While at Rented Generation, I found community with other men who were willing to share their hurts and habits and hangups in their life. This was refreshing to live authentically, knowing that we all are dependent on a Savior. These men listened to me, they prayed faithfully, and admonished me when necessary. This was a time of healing. I practiced what I was learning with my wife. I began to listen to understand. I was pursuing her and I was cherishing her. This was only possible because of Christ. He used his word, his people, to restore what was dead in me. I was alive in Christ. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. <clears throat> so now is no longer about me, but about him. How could I demonstrate his love to my wife and my family? The Steve versus Amy mentality ended. Now we were team Bradley. Through prayer, reading God's word, and several men, God revealed a message of how I could lead my wife and family well. By the time we showed up in this room, separated and hurting, I was operating on fumes. 
I eventually learned that re-engage was not the finish line, but when I walked in that first night, I sure thought it was the final lap for us. My heart would have to change to pursue restoration. Here are two important things that I learned. The first thing I learned is close all doors to divorce. I straddled the fence with this decision for a long time, and it caused tremendous pain to me and others. I had been playing on Team Amy. However, my desire to control made it very difficult for my heart to move to Team Bradley. I felt in control of the game plan on Team Amy. In my eyes, the game plan for my marriage in Team Bradley required me to play a role that I did not want to play, and suiting up for my marriage would only cause pain. Making a decision to stay in my marriage was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, but it was a necessary step to change my bitter lens. One of the first testimonies that Steve and I heard when we started re-engaged was Kyle and Lucina Thompson. They said something that I wrote on the top of my re-engaged book. I'm not sure I can say this, but it will, it, they said it will get harder before it gets better. I wrote this quote in my book, and then next to it, in all caps, I wrote, hell no. <laughs> and, and I meant it. But thank you, Kyle and Lucina, for telling the truth. Closing the doors to divorce created a safe place to take every belief and expectation that I had about my role as a wife and run it through the filter of God's word. This is where the real work started. And yes, working on our marriage did get harder before it got better. Once I closed the doors to divorce, I could choose to play for Team Bradley. To follow God's game plan for marriage, I had to accept that God's design for marriage was best. The most critical step for me was to trust that God's role for me as a wife was best. This required a significant heart change for me. The second thing I learned is that community is critical to success. When I first started seeking help for my marriage, my primary concern was worrying about what others thought about me. The enemy used this fear to cause me to live in isolation for a long time. Not many women could compete with my calendar. So isolation was an easy choice. I had five children and a full-time, full-time job. This gave me the ability to isolate myself uniquely. However, healing really began when I let other believers into my struggle. I had an army of people that cared enough to share the truth with me throughout this process. Thank God these godly women chose to plant their flag firmly on the hill of marriage restoration. Eventually, Team Bradley had an emergency community group. They taught us so many things, but the first and most critical step they taught us was how to communicate authentically. They asked the hard questions, and they awkwardly sat in silence as we struggled to answer truthfully. They listened carefully, they shared biblical counsel, and they prayed earnestly. They pursued us when we were running hard toward isolation. Processing these hurts in a safe place with these couples was a gift. From the time we finished re-engage in the fall of 2017 until January of 2019, it was a daily battle to fight for our marriage. Our story may be unique because re-engage was our starting line on the path toward healing. It was not the finish line by any stretch. Our marriage struggle got harder before it got better. 
However, the work was worth every bit of effort and heartache. Community was essential to processing the hurt and reminding us of the truth in John 15, verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. We did not walk out of re-engage with a fixed marriage. We walked out with the exact same circumstances, but a different heart posture. And this was the difference. Thankfully, <clears throat> excuse me, thankfully God has provided us with his word and his people to help us along the path toward healing. Community is a must for all of us as we move forward through the daily challenges in life. Living in this world as a follower of Christ is hard. John 17, 14, it says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Winning at marriage, it requires complete dependence on the only game plan that will work. That's God's word. You're looking at someone who wakes up daily, and it is daily, that I'm amazed to be married. I'm grateful to demonstrate love toward my wife more today than I did early in our marriage. <clears throat> You're also looking at two people who have deeply hurt each other and still have to choose forgiveness daily. I hope that you will hear our story through a filter of humility. I'm not an expert at any of this, but I've learned that daily dependence in Christ gives me the strength I need to be the husband God has called me to be. We continue to pursue authentic relationships as we see the love of Christ in others and through us, Community is challenging, but it's healthy. It's refreshing. And they're here too. We're grateful for the opportunity to serve and re-engage. We love having a front row seat to witness God's work through this ministry and watch these couples. The words restoration, redemption, healing, they all come to mind as we share life in community and serve and re-engage. One of the greatest joys of a restored heart toward God and each other as we have uh, rejoiced in the positive impact in our children. When Amy and I individually worked on ourselves and then worked on oneness in our marriage, we saw the fruit in the relationships with our kids. Our children have witnessed the goodness of God. And our relationships with our children are more vulnerable and understanding today. We often pray and we remind them of what God has done in our family. There are so many big and small ways where God met us right in a dark place and where he used God's people to point us to a closer walk with him. The fact that we're sitting right here right now removes any doubt in my mind that his grace is sufficient. However, without following his game plan, none of us have a chance to win at pursuing oneness in our marriage. So my encouragement is stay in the battle. Don't sit on the sidelines. His game plan will lead you to a victory. And we thank you for letting us share how God redeemed and restored our marriage.